Good morning. Luke 19, verses 28 to 40. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? Say, The Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it, just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? They replied, The Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes, down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles that they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. You can turn now to Philippians chapter 2, 5 through 11. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that a name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Good morning. I'm uh, Pastor Brad, in case you didn't recognize me. Yeah. No, 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 no. It, it, it was not a happy moment when I, when I got up from the barber chair and all of these beautiful curls were laying around me. In fact, I took, a, I took a picture of it with my phone and I sent the text to my wife just with a picture of the curls laying on the floor. And later that day, she got home and said, what, what was that? <laughs> it's great to be here. Hardly a week goes by uh, since I've been here when somebody doesn't come up to me, somebody doesn't send me an email uh, someone doesn't uh, approach me at some point in the week and say to me, my life is a mess. Um, I want God to be part of my life. How do I do that? It, it's really been remarkable. In fact, one of the prayers that I've prayed ever since I've come here was God continue to transform our lives through the ministry of this church. And, I, and I'm, of course, talking about people whose lives really need to be transformed and may have wandered in here. But I'm also talking about us, right? The, the insiders, so to speak. We need our lives transformed too. And I've got to tell you that I want to reiterate what has already been said, and maybe by now you're kind of getting the idea. Easter is a prime time for people who need their lives transformed to uh, encounter God. This week, in fact, yesterday or today, the entire community of Eagle River received a mailer that looks just like the worship guide that you're holding in your hand. Okay, we did that for a reason, because we wanted to remind you 
of that. And uh, for the same reason, we want you to know that next week, uh, the staff here has designed our worship experience in such a way that um, we want to welcome, we want to be a welcoming place for those who are finding themselves uh, in life where they need to have their lives transformed by God. I will not embarrass those folks. I will not embarrass you. So you can rest assured if you bring a neighbor or, or a friend um, that they will not walk out of here feeling worse than they felt when they came in. I, pro- I make that promise to you. Um, please uh, continue to think about the reason why we gather here at Community Covenant Church week after week and invite some of your friends, your neighbors, perhaps even your family members to join us next week. Will you pray with me? God, as we take a few moments now in the, in the course of our worship today to think about this story that we find ourselves in, I pray that you will not allow us to escape without considering the implications of this story for our lives, whatever that may mean for whoever we are. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. So we are in a sermon series called The Story That We Find Ourselves In. You know that if you've been around here the last few weeks. And uh, we discovered in the last week or so that the story we find ourselves in is a story of a God who, like a compassionate father, desires his lost children to come home so that he can throw his arms around us and, and, and say, welcome home, and throw a party on our behalf. That is the kind of God that we worship. And to accomplish this, the, the, the father has to deal with a big problem. And then you've discovered this. And the problem is the disobedience, the distraction, the rebellions, Remember when I talked about small rebellions? Just the, the, the human nature, sin nature, God has to deal with that problem, which if He doesn't choose to do that, then all of us, and this is not good news, are on a slippery slope to death with no hope. And this is where we begin our story today. Because for a glimpse of God's solution to this seemingly implacable Problem. We, we move now from the Old Testament to the New Testament because, because we're going to now kind of come to the ultimate solution that God provides. In the story that we find ourselves in, we are suddenly going to face a, a, a quick and unexpected turn in the story. The means that God uses to ultimately make it possible for us to to enter into the story that we find ourselves in is absolutely unbelievable. The, The lengths to which God is willing to go to make it possible for you and for me and every other person out there who who needs their lives transformed is is unexpected. Yet this is how God chooses to finish the story that we find ourselves in. You you ever been to a parade? A few weeks ago, I was kind of in a, sort of at a parade when I went down to the ceremonial start for the Iditarod and you had just a bunch of nutty people cheering on a bunch of 
uh, other nutty people who are going to spend the next nine days of their life sleeplessly holding on to their sleds while their dogs pull them 1,049 miles. I got the 49, so, okay. It felt a little bit like a parade. So, so Roxy and I drive down to uh, Anchorage, and you know, as soon as you get into town, they've closed off certain streets. It's like a parade. And we found a place to park, and we walk. And we have never seen this before in our entire lives, but we see people wearing these crazy outfits of fur and paint and, and, and craziness. And it felt to me just like a parade. And likewise, a week or so later, I found myself at the other end of the Iditarod where I stood in Nome, Alaska, and, and it was a little more subdued, I have, to, I have to admit. You know, it's 1230 at night, people gathered, but there wasn't all the nuts that were here in Anchorage. Now, I don't know what that says about Nome, because I've actually heard Nome's a pretty nutty place too, but nevertheless, everybody likes a good parade, and I am among those. Whether it's... Uh, parade that is sponsored by Macy's where they spend millions of dollars to, to uh, televise this, you know, this parade on Thanksgiving Day, or, or perhaps a small-town procession where, where you see aging veterans with, with bulging buttons and children pulling their, their uh, I was going to say sleds, their, their, uh, their wagons with their favorite dolls in them. The sidewalks always fill up. Because people always love to watch a parade. And whenever I happen upon a parade, it doesn't matter how busy I happen to be, it doesn't matter where I'm going or what I need to do, I always have time, I always have time to stand and just sort of take it in, kind of gawk at what's going on around me. And in a, in a strange sort of way, whether I'm actually marching in the parade, that I, and I can't remember the last time that ever happened, or if I'm just simply standing there watching, I always come away from a parade with a sense that, that I've participated in something that, that matters, that's, that's somehow bigger than me. And that's maybe one of the reasons why I like parades so much. Well, today, as you already know, is Palm Sunday, and this is a Sunday that immediately precedes Easter Sunday, which is next Sunday. This is the day in, in which the church sort of reenacts this great procession that forms as Jesus makes his last journey into Jerusalem. On, on Palm Sunday, some churches pull out all of the stops. The music is, is fit for a king. The children often will enter the sanctuary waving their, their palm fronds. And they'll be also waving to their parents who will be standing there with their cameras trying to, to get the perfect picture for, for this year's Christmas card. And when you think about it, the throng of people who, who sort of accompanied Jesus on this final procession into Jerusalem was kind of like a parade. And Luke describes in the text that we just read, in, in, in great detail, really, the trouble that Jesus and his disciples went through in order to acquire the, this animal upon which Jesus could ride. 
And of course, the reason why Jesus needed to ride into Jerusalem rather than walk was because he was aware that every time a conquering army had come back into town, they always did so with the leader of that army riding on a white stallion. And the irony of this is not lost on Jesus. But instead of of riding into Jerusalem on this particular day on a white stallion with its mane kind of blowing in the wind, Jesus chooses to ride into Jerusalem on a donkey. We, We read about a colt. Whatever. Rather than this this bulging, muscular stallion prancing into town with, with its mane blowing in the wind, as I've said, and the rider waving to, to the crowds that are gathered to, to give him adulation for the great victory that they have just accomplished, Jesus plods into town on the back of a work animal. Think about that with head bowed and fur rubbed short from the harness of a good day's work. This donkey, this, this sorry substitute for the glamour that accompanies the return of a victorious king. But, but that doesn't dissuade Jesus one bit. He takes his place on the back of that runt of an animal And he begins his journey to the cross. Because, of course, that's really where Jesus is going. Even on this day, when the crowds think that he is the victorious king who's going to lead the people into a new era in in which he was, but they didn't understand what it would take for him to be able to do that. And as he does this, the crowds begin to gather, a parade begins to form, and the people are always always game for a good parade. They don't care whether or not the parade is filled with, with symbols of power and influence or with kids pulling their wagons. And just like us, they gather. They gather along the parade route to, to gawk and, and to look and, and to watch this Jesus make His way through the crowds on the, on the back of a, of a curved donkey. And as Jesus gets closer to Jerusalem, the people pick up branches off the ground. Maybe they, they break them off of the uh, nearby palm trees. And, and they begin to wave them in the air. And, and some people get so caught up in this parade that they even take off their jackets and their cloaks, and they, and they lay them along the, the parade route as a symbol of, of humility and deference for, for this conquering king. You know, everyone, everyone likes a good parade. And if you and I had been there, we too would have stopped what we were doing, and gawked at this lone figure riding into town on a donkey. If we would have been there, we would have joined the throng by waving our arms or waving our sticks or or perhaps waving our cell phones, whatever. Whatever we could find. 
And if you and I would have been there, we too would have stopped what we were doing long enough to enjoy a good parade. Because everybody likes a good parade. And in a strange sort of way, just by watching, we too would somehow become participants, whether we were marching in the parade or just watching. Now, most churches and and most church people make the mistake of reenacting the glorious processional of Jesus as he rides into Jerusalem. And then we get in our cars feeling pretty good about ourselves because we have participated in this grand event called Palm Sunday. Wasn't little Johnny cute as he, as he held his palm from higher than all of the other kids? Wasn't he, wasn't, wasn't he the best? Or, or wasn't the music that we sang on, on this Palm Sunday just, just majestic, we will often say? Or perhaps some of us will say, today was, was just a preview to an even more glorious Easter service next Sunday. We've got to make sure we get back here early so we can get a seat. You see, most churches and, and most church people love a good parade. We love to celebrate along with the crowds who gather along the roadside to gawk and cheer as this conquering king rides into town on a donkey. But as you know, there are really two parades associated with this last week in the life of Jesus. There's, there's the one I have just described for you, and you all know about that. And then there is the procession that the church has come to call the Villa, Via Della Rosa, the Way of the Cross. The first parade is... is filled with all of the pomp and all the circumstance that we have come to associate with a good parade. And the second parade has the same lone figure processing, this time not into the city of Jerusalem on the back of a a work animal, but the same lone figure processing to Golgotha, to the place of death. And unlike the first parade, most of the crowd is gone. The only ones who gather for the second parade are, are, are the Roman soldiers, the, the jeering religious leaders, and a few of the faithful who, who don't know any better. There are two parades. There is a parade that announces the, the arrival of the conquering king, and there is a parade of death. While everyone loves the first kind of parade, no one likes to follow a parade of death. Life is is already too hard as it is. Why would anyone in their right mind want to stand around and and watch someone struggle under the weight of of the implement from which they are going to take their last breath? Who would do that? But this is the meaning of Palm Sunday. 
we can't understand the significance of the first parade unless we also participate in the second one. Because according to the Christian gospel, the way to life and liberation and freedom is always, is always, is always accompanied by the way of the cross and suffering and death. Let me say it again just to make sure it sinks in. The way to life and liberation and freedom is always accompanied by the way of the cross and the way of death. The Apostle Paul in that second passage that was read for us a moment ago, he says it like this. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God something to be exploited. But he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and he became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Paul is describing the same thing that I just have spent the last ten minutes saying to you, Uh, much better than I ever could in a much shorter space of time. Paul is suggesting that the significance of Jesus Christ for the world, and by the way, for us, is not that Jesus was God, and He was, but that God became human, suffered, and died. And as a result of this divine accomplishment, Jesus becomes the one who gives us life out of His death. Jesus is the One who gives us hope in the midst of our struggles. For those of you who who walked in here today struggling with something, did you hear that? By Jesus' obedience to death, we have something truly to celebrate. Friends, there are two parades that take place during Holy Week. There is a parade of triumph where the crowds wave all their branches and they lay down their garments before the the victor, this parade of victory. And then there's a second parade. There's a parade of of suffering and death, a, a parade where this same Jesus carries his cross to Calvary for us. And and those two little words are, are key. For us. We can't have one parade without the other. We can't just stand and gawk and, and wave to Jesus as he rides by on the swayed back of a of a work animal. We must also we must also join in the procession that leads to death. Our death and His. And in some inexplicable way, in our own experience of suffering, whatever that may be, and and eventually for all of us dying, in, in our own hardship and in our own sorrow, in the unfinished business of our lives that brings us shame and, and embarrassment sometimes, we may ultimately find the kind of life that we've always wanted. 
Think with me for a second about the implications of this. There is no experience that we go through in our life, no matter how victorious or how much suffering we might go through, that, that God doesn't understand. There is an honesty to our faith that it doesn't try to whitewash all of the bad parts of our lives. There is a Savior who guides us through the twists and the turns of our lives. And it's okay. Let me give you fair warning. The only way to resurrection life is through suffering and death. The only way to an empty tomb on Easter Sunday is through a cross on Good Friday. The only way to a life of ultimate meaning and purpose is through obedience and faithfulness no matter what the cost. The only way from this Sunday... Palm Sunday, to next Sunday, Easter Sunday, is through the Passion. God bless you as you journey to the cross this coming week. The journey may be stark, it may be difficult, but in the end, it's worth it. I promise.